Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production. Enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Bears fans, it is another edition of Bears Nation podcast, and we have a full four-man crew today. Myself, Jake Hassan, with Chris Nano and Kevin Lapka, as always. But we are joined by friend of the program, Aaron Lemming, today. Aaron, thank you for coming back. Happy to talk to you again and excited to talk some draft with you today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, finally getting close to the draft, and then after that, we got a long wait until whenever the season starts, if it starts. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, draft is a week away, and obviously we're all in this weird time right now, and it's affecting the draft too, talking about doing a virtual draft, doing FaceTimes and Instagram Lives. Um, So Aaron, since you are the guest, we'll start with you. Just what do you make of this situation that the NFL is trying to work around? Well, I think obviously it's going to be a little bit different of a situation. Um, My personal take is, I mean, I'm an IT guy uh, by trade, so I look at kind of what they're doing and some of the reports that have been coming out about how they're worried about IT people going into, you know, these executives house and doing stuff. And it's like, I mean, this, this really isn't that hard. I, nobody needs to go in and do anything. It's I mean, it's as simple as getting tokens and logging in with a VPN and going through a VM. I mean, none of this is really that hard. But I think when you when you look at what's going to go on, I think the big thing is, is I mean, for the most part, teams are usually not at the draft anyway. Right. So you you still got the constant communication through each team, whether that's GM, scouts, uh, head coach, whatever it may be, right? But, uh, you know, obviously they're phoning in picks. They're talking on the phone with different teams. They're trying to trade, whatever they're trying to do. Uh, I think the big thing, at least for me, that I think is going to be interesting to see is, uh, one, from the standpoint of, I mean, they haven't really been able to over analyze the draft like they normally do i mean obviously visits have been uh very minimal um the combine happened but i mean pro days really haven't happened for the most part and so i think that that point's going to be interesting because i think they're going to have to rely a lot more on film than mainly anything else which personally i think is uh, a better thing anyway Uh, but two i'm more curious to see um how the communication goes with each team right because each team is going to have their their own guys, but they're all going to be in different areas. So they're going to have to be communicating via zoom, via whatever they choose to do, um, you know, over the phone, stuff like that. So not having everybody in the same room, um, especially, you know, Ryan Pace always talks about conviction on players. I guess we're about to really see, um, you know, how convicted these guys really are in these players. And, you know, especially with the, with the scouting, the way it has been, and especially after the season scouting, it's like, how well is this going to line up? I mean, you're kind of taking a lot of the, like I said, the over-preparedness out, um, and communication is going to be key for a lot of these teams. So I, I don't know if we're going to see a giant difference in terms of how teams draft and stuff like that, at least right off the bat, but it's going to be interesting to look back on this a few years later. Yeah. I mean, Personally, for me, I, I'm thinking it's going to be interesting. The NFL is always so much about the showmanship and making the NFL draft the biggest event possible. Um, I mean, Kevin and Chris, too, feel free to say, like, I mean, your thoughts on this, too, because I just think the NFL has got to be thinking, damn, we are missing out on so much money here. Yeah, I actually think I would actually go as far as say I think it's going to be the most watched NFL draft in NFL history, just simply because people have, you know, people are dying for any type of sports entertainment on television. <laughs> this is the only thing anyone has been talking about. I just I think, Chris, I think you tweeted this. You said, what in the hell are people going to talk about after the draft? I don't know, because this is what is consuming my Twitter timeline and people are going to be eager to see something on TV. But, you know, just about the whole thing, I, you know, coaches have expressed concerns and I wouldn't be surprised if a day after we're finding out about, you know, teams making a who, who had to rush a decision because they couldn't figure out the connection and couldn't figure out the communication of a pick that they wanted and something like that. But, you know, 
it's it's all part of the motions you know everyone's gonna struggle with it but um you know like aaron said it, it, it shouldn't be that hard um other than you know a few connection errors here and there i think it'll be something that'll run pretty smoothly and people are gonna be entertained to watch it no matter which way it's presented yeah for sure um you know the, the main thing that i've been kind of uh kind of just been thinking about is just the fact that kind of what uh what Aaron was saying it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to look back at this after a couple of years and uh maybe like compare it to to the drafts um you know you know future drafts and just see how they played out see if anything uh was like, there was like a distinct difference or anything like that because I mean it's it's a wild time man it's a wild time we're living in right now uh this is something we're gonna we're gonna remember forever so uh, you know and I know we're all all four of us are, are huge, you know, Chicago Bears fans, huge football fans. And, you know, we love the NFL. So, um, you know, this is, so, you know, something like this having an effect on something we love, uh, you know, as much as the NFL, I think is going to be really interesting to to see what what happens in the future. Aaron, you mentioned your experiences in IT. Is there any problems you think that with your background that you can see causing an issue that would have to be worked out on day one or two? Well, I think the human element's always a big part, right? I mean, at least for me, it's like I'm, the majority of the issues that I deal with are mainly just people. It's like as simple as a computer on, you know, it's, it's simple stuff like that. So I, I I think that the NFL doing their dry run, they're doing their little mock draft. I think it's – I want to say it's the end of this week or beginning of next week is when they're going to do that. And I think hopefully they can get a lot of that worked out because it's, it's like anything. I mean, if you work in a corporate environment, it's a pretty good chance that you're going to have some sort of – Meeting. I know Zoom's kind of the big thing. Uh, I know at least the company that I work for uses a lot of Skype. Uh, we do different things with that, and it, it works out pretty well. But, I mean, people are going to be technology uh, impaired regardless. But I think if it's it's really – like I said, I, I, the, the entire thing is pretty simple. I think if you essentially you know, kind of have an IT guy type out whatever, whatever needs to be typed out in terms of, you know, this is where you go. This is, you know, you log on your computer – Go to this, you know, go to this website, you know, type in your credentials. Uh, it's going to log you in a, a virtual machine. And from there, we'll be able to do whatever we need to do. And, you know, it, it should be pretty easy, but it's going to take some preparation in terms of obviously not everybody's on the same level uh, technologically. So you're going to want to make sure everybody's on the same page. If it was me personally, I would be typing out, you know, pretty much foolproof sheets for everybody and having them go over it uh, on a daily basis just to make sure. Because, again, it's not that hard, but if you're not used to dealing with the technological side and you're not going to have that IT guy standing right behind you, I mean, you got him a phone call away, but, I mean, pretty sure you're going to have multiple other phone calls and different things that you're doing. So hopefully um, for each team, and especially for the Bears, hopefully um, they, they – they just practice. I mean, it's really what it is. You know, just dry runs, dry runs, dry runs. It shouldn't be that hard. I'm sure it will be for some teams, but hopefully, hopefully they get it figured out. Because I don't think, as an NFL fan, I don't really want to see any team, um, you know, struggle to get picks in or you know have issues going into the draft because that's kind of an unfair advantage for every other team. Hopefully, it all goes as planned, um, and you know, especially for the Bears, hopefully everything goes as planned and we're all happy about. It. But. Yeah, we'll see how fast it, it takes Bill Belichick to make an IT guy cry or something. But uh, <laughs> talk, talking about the Bears, um, let's get into it because they do have the mocks that you said they're doing the dry runs. And I mean, this is an, a, a time that Bears fans are watching closely because the Bears don't have a first round pick. They have limited picks throughout the rest of the draft. And I want to hit on something because, Aaron, you are very vocal about this, that, you know, the GM's call about the draft is coming up this week. And you are very vocal about, you know, don't believe everything that comes out of a guy of guys mouths um, read between the lines. And so, you know, what are you expecting Ryan Pace to say during this phone call? And what do you think he's going to mean when he says these things on this phone call? Well, I think he's going to say a whole lot of nothing. And quite frankly, I mean, it's it, there's no real benefit to any GM right now talking about the draft. I mean, it's going to be best player available, which in my eyes is a little bit of a myth anyway. I mean, if you're looking at a roster, it's like the Bears last year. If they had, you know, a, a top five pick, obviously they're not going to take a quarterback because at that point they had Trubisky and they had faith in Trubisky. So, you know, even if the quarterback is the best, best player available, you're not going to take him because it's not a giant need. And I, I feel like the same thing for, you know, defensive line, stuff like that, where, it's not really a need, you know, you're not, you're, you're going to, you're going to have maybe a priority list on there and you're going to say, okay, you know, these four or five positions are ones that we're going to target so on and so forth and how that falls, it falls. But 
I just I don't think we're going to get a lot of rhyme pace because the reality is, is even even when you usually listen to him talk, when it has nothing to do with the draft, when it's not a secretive, he still doesn't say a whole lot. And, and you know, saying saying words and saying what he actually means is two different things. And, you know, that's actually something I do respect about Ryan Pace. I mean, it, it's kind of frustrating, you know, in the moment because I think a lot of people tend to want to overreact one way or another. Um, but I mean, it doesn't benefit them in any way, shape or form to give away any of their draft strategy. It doesn't get, you know, benefit them at all to say what their positions of need, who they're targeting, anything like that. I mean, it's, it would be interesting, and I don't know if he'll go into this, but it'd be interesting to kind of hear how the adjustments with uh, some of these Skype calls and some of these different things that they've had to do because they can't do in-person meetings and stuff like that. But I don't even know how much he's going to get into that. I, I would expect a lot of words, um, but I wouldn't expect anything of substance that he actually says. Uh, I, I can't even really think of anything off the top of my head that would be remotely uh, substantial enough to even really, even really write about at this point. I just don't think there's going to be a lot to give away. So, Ryan Pace go is ahead, the silent go. assassin. He's the silent assassin. I mean, how many times have we said, you know, where did this come from? We had no idea Ryan Pace was even looking into this prospect, looking into this free agent. So he's a, he ain't going to disclose nothing. He's not. He's going to, I think what Aaron said, talk about, you know, how he's been dealing with the whole change to virtual interviewing and stuff like that. But as far as, you know, what he's going to reveal, I mean, absolutely nothing. I'm totally agreeing with that. Um, but I, I do think it's worth noting about, you know, about three weeks ago, when they found out the whole draft was going to be virtual, a few GMs or executives came out and said some GMs are going to be exposed um, because of the way they're not going to have to evaluate prospects. You know, you don't really get a full per- you don't really get to see uh, a prospect as a full person. You know, even if you do it through Zoom, I think it's still a little bit hard to tell who the person is. You really have to evaluate the film, like Aaron mentioned in the beginning, and you know that's going to expose some GMs. So we're going to find out a lot a lot about some of these guys, and let's just hope Pace is on the right side of that. All right. So, Aaron, let's go to the actual players of this draft now. Um, Who are you looking at? I mean, we all know everything surrounding the Bears, that tight end is an issue. The offensive line needs to be addressed. There's some there's some depth with the defense that you'd like to get addressed as well. Who are some guys that you think realistically the Bears can take specifically in that second round? Because in the second round is when you should be getting those starting caliber players. And the Bears need these guys on the cheap. Well, and I, I think you pointed out something really important there is they need starting caliber players with these second round picks, right? And obviously they may move around a little bit. Who knows? Ryan Pace does like to move around. I hope to God he does not trade up. They don't have the draft capital. They don't need to be doing it. They don't need to be trading away future picks anymore. They need to get back to having a full draft board because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the last two years, I mean, they get a little bit older here. I mean, this is one of the youngest rosters in the league a few years ago. And all of a sudden, I mean, the majority of their signings have been guys at 30 years of age or older. So when I'm looking at players, uh, especially it's, it's, it's all kind of position, uh, specific at this point, you know, it's like, I, I think one of the biggest needs that this team has right now, and I know a lot of people looking at it and they say quarterback, I wouldn't bother trying to take a quarterback unless you're trading up in the first round for one. One of the biggest ones I'm looking at right now, I know a lot of people are focusing on tight end, but I'm looking at receiver. It's like I, I know a lot of people look at it and they say, OK, they got Allen Robinson, they got Anthony Miller. Some people are higher on Javon Wims and others. Uh, some people really want to see what Riley Ridley has to offer. But I think getting rid of Taylor Gabriel, obviously, you save that money. But there's still a decent sized hole there. And I think the speed element is something that's really big for them right now. Um, there's two guys, at least that receiver, that I think really fit the Bill, I mean, this is an excellent receiver class. Granted, I haven't dove extremely deep, um, but, uh, you know, when we're talking second round, stuff like that, uh, two guys that really kind of stand out to me is one is Jalen Rager, uh, TCU. I'm a big Oklahoma fan. I've seen him play a lot. He's very fast, uh, a little bit bigger than Hamler. Uh, I think he has a little bit more consistent of hands than Hamler. <clears throat> and then obviously, again, KJ Hamler out of Penn State, where, I mean, the dude, if you want to talk about adding speed, to the Bears offensive attack, which I think they really need. I mean, he is definitely the guy. I mean, it's one of those I'm kind of curious to see. I do like the way that Penn State receivers usually translate over to the NFL in terms of route running, stuff like that. Um, But I think the big thing with him is obviously size as a whole. I mean, he's only a little under 5'10", and he's not a very big guy, and and drops have been a little bit of an issue for him. But when you watch him, man, he's it's, it's an exciting, exciting, exciting player to watch, and I think that's exactly what the Bears need. Uh, I think the other position, at least offensively, where 
I would be very interested to see what they do. Um, and I, I kind of have a theory and I'm kind of curious to see if this is going to end up panning out is on the offensive line. Obviously they need some help, um, you know, on the interior offensive line, but at the same time you look at it and you got Charles Leno and Bobby Massey are two players that they could ultimately let one of them go next year, uh, with minimal cap penalty. And I think that offensive tackle is one of those spots where I think the bears do need to start looking at trying to improve in future years. And what better way to do that than to pick off the, at least it's kind of a top heavy class in my opinion. And I think that one of those guys could drop somebody that at least stands out to me is somebody that could fit. That would be Austin Jackson out of USC. The thing that's interesting to me with him is he's got enough bulk to where I think you could almost transition him inside for a year to, let's just say, right guard if they're not overly happy uh, with what they have there, with the competition they have there. I think that he's somebody that they could transition inside and then transition back outside in a year or two whenever they decide to make a move. Uh, the other one uh, is Cesar Ruiz or Cesar Ruiz, uh, and he's another one out of Michigan where – I think he's a perfect fit. I just don't know if he's going to be there. I think it's one of those situations where you look at interior linemen every year, right? And you just kind of look and it's like, okay, you don't really know where these guys are going to fall. A lot of people had Cody Whitehair a few years ago as a uh, as a first-round pick, and he fell all the way to the end of the second round. I mean, the Bears were able to trade back a few times. So I don't want to take up too much time here, so I'll just kind of cover the offensive side. Um, those are those are kind of guys that I'm looking at in the second round. I mean, obviously they have defensive needs as well, but I'm sure that you guys probably dove a little bit deeper on this than me, so uh, maybe somebody a little bit more educated can uh, take over for you know the rest of this. Well, I'm surprised you didn't say tight end. I, everyone is uh, – I mean, you've seen people who have said, okay, I'm fine with Jimmy Graham, and you've seen people who say, what the hell are we doing here? Uh, I mean, just – uh, just a quick follow up, your thoughts on Jimmy Graham and when the Bears could possibly address tight end in this draft. Well, tight end's interesting, right? Because I do agree when you look long term, it's definitely a need. And I, I just I struggle when I look at the talent available. And it's been kind of weird because I, my evaluation of the tight end class as a whole is it's not a very good one. I don't see a first round talent there. And frankly, I don't see a lot of talent that's worth spending over some of these receivers, especially now, again, I'm not a big Jimmy Graham fan. I think obviously his best days are behind him. I'm also not a big Trey Burton fan because I think durability um, is clearly an issue there as well. But when you look at the, the amount of names that they have on that roster right now, when you're looking at tight end, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense to go out and spend one of the valuable picks that they're going to have in the second round on a tight end when you have so many other positions that you can fill it with, like I said, receiver, offensive line, safety corner. I mean, another edge rusher. I mean, they need depth there. And then when, when I look at tight end, I look at it and I say, okay, you got Jimmy Graham, who's obviously not going anywhere. Cause they just signed him. Trey Burton, unless they're, they can find a way to trade him. And with his health right now, and with no physicals going on, I think that's going to be pretty tough. If you don't trade him, I mean, cap cap savings there doesn't really do you much of any, any good. Uh, you got Ben Broniker. Um, you got Demetrius Harris, who they signed. I mean, you can go through the list and see you know, J.P. Holtz. Uh, there, there's multiple names that contributed last year, none that were overly good. But it's like, how many tight ends are you really going to keep on the roster? Four, maybe five? I mean, you've already got at least probably six guys that you can make an argument for right now. Now, I do agree that it is a long-term need, but I think when you look at the strength of the draft class, at least in my opinion, versus what they already have on the roster and what they already have tied up money-wise and resource-wise, I don't know that it makes a ton of sense unless they absolutely love somebody there and maybe even a trade down at that point in the second round. I don't know. That makes a ton of sense to attack tight end, especially that early. I mean, that's just my take. And I, like I said, I, I think that receiver, especially with what they have behind their two top guys is a bigger need. I think offensive line, whether it's offensive tackle or offensive guard at this point is a bigger need. And I think you can make an argument that both corner and safety are bigger needs right now in terms of starting position in the lack of depth that they have at those positions. Whether you like Jimmy Graham or not, that was kind of the kicker for me where it was like, you know, I don't think the Bears are going to be taking any tight end, not just in the second rounds at all in the draft. And I'm totally on board with that. But here's where I'm torn. And this is the conversation about wide receivers really, really interesting to me because I've been so back and forth on this. When they first initially released Taylor Gabriel, I was a huge advocate for we need to get a replacement. We need to get a Robbie Anderson, a speed guy to replace him because that is the staple of the Mad Nagy offense. You need a guy who can stretch the field. Right now, they don't have that. And then the more I thought about it, the more, you know, a bunch of people, Chris, Jay, you guys have brought this argument up too, is like, you know, I was all on board about drafting wide receiver. I was like, oh my God, I hope Justin Jefferson falls. It doesn't look like that's going to happen anymore. Um, even Jalen Rieger, or KJ Handler, I mean, these guys I think are good fits for the offense, but 
it, it, it all comes back to this conversation, like Aaron mentioned a little bit. We do have Javon Williams. We do have Riley Ridley. And then we'd be adding a third guy who's kind of a project. You know, I would still consider Javon Wims and Riley Ridley projects. Jury's not out on them. We don't really know. We don't really know if they're going to pan out. I'm a little bit more optimistic about Riley Ridley, but I'm not 100 percent in love with the idea of throwing another let's hope idea. Let's hope guy into the offense. You know, we can say what we like about these guys, but we 100 percent don't know. And that concerns me that. It would just be adding another guy where we already have two who are promising. We don't really know. And to add a third guy like that, you know, I don't know. And that's where I'm stuck. That's where I'm in the middle. So I need a little bit of clarity in that sense. Well, I think it's an interesting argument for sure. I mean, there's and that's kind of the issue that I look when I look at receiver right now, I'm looking at it's like there's a lot of unknown there. And to me, that's a little concerning because. I mean, let's look at it. I mean, the, the Bears defense wasn't as good last year as they have been, um, you know, as they were in 2018. But I mean, there's still a lot of talent on that side of the ball versus the offensive side. Of it, it's like obviously quarterback was a huge issue last year. I don't know how much they did to really solve that. I mean, we're going to have to find out. I would I would think by default, the quarterback play is going to be better. But what better way to improve the quarterback play than to put weapons around them? And it's like, I mean, outside of Jimmy Graham and I guess Demetrius Harris, I mean, they really haven't done anything to help that. And Harris is more of a blocking tight end. He's not a consistent pass catcher. And Jimmy Graham is basically a corpse of his old self. I just I look at it and I say, OK, you know, you got to get Tree Cohen more involved with the offense. And I think a lot of it has to do with having two solid tight ends on the field. And hopefully that will be the case there. I mean, they have bodies there. Hopefully that will happen. But. I think, at least in my personal opinion, when I'm looking at this offense, I think one of the big things that they really lack right now is a speed element. I mean, Anthony Miller is more quick than he is fast. Allen Robinson is a great receiver, but, I mean, he's not known for his speed. Uh, Tariq Cohen is another one of those guys that I, I think the the novelty is kind of worn off in some ways, and I think that he's very scheme-specific, scheme and I think that the way that they use him has to be very specific because of how teams have caught on. And I just look at it, it's like Ridley's not a speed guy. Wims is not a speed guy. Uh, I just I feel like and I and I do agree. I mean, when you look at a guy like Rager, you look at a guy like Hamler, Hamler, especially, I mean, they're definitely more project types, especially when you're looking at the second round. But at some point in time, it's almost kind of like you need that that Tyreek Hill kind of player because Tariq Cohen's not that guy. And now that you, you don't have Taylor Gabriel on the field to kind of stretch the field out and do the different things that he was doing you're kind of missing the element. I think that's an important element to the offense, especially if a guy like Nick full starts, because that was one thing that has really stood out to me when I've been watching him and kind of going back and doing a deeper dive is he's got a really, really good deep ball. And you know, Alan Robinson is a, is a solid threat deep. And I don't know that Hamler would just because of his size, but even a guy like, you know, Rager, I mean, there's other names out there. And again, I'm not nearly as educated on the draft as I have been in years past. So I won't dive too deep into this. There are other guys that kind of fit that profile that may be a little bit bigger. Um, Mims is another, you know, another guy that could fit that. But I, I agree that it's somewhat of a gamble, but at this point, I don't know how comfortable, especially, okay, let's say Anthony Miller hurts his shoulder again, you know, it's or Allen Robinson hasn't exactly been the healthiest receiver outside of this last year. I mean, he's been dinged up. He's missed some games. It's like, how comfortable are the Bears when they have to rely on Ridley and Wims to play serious snaps for more than a game or two? And that's kind of the risk that you would take in a situation where you have just Allen Robinson and you have just Anthony Miller as those two prime targets as receivers. And again, this, the speed element, something else that I, I think, especially in this offense that needs to be addressed. So I, I don't know. I, and I have gone back and forth on it too, but I do think that receiver is a big enough need. And especially when you look at it, Anthony Miller's going into his third year, uh, you know, they're trying to get something done with Allen Robinson on the contract front. You almost need more higher upside talent and, I personally not a huge Javon Wims fan. I think that I saw enough of him last year to see that he's just kind of more of one of those depth guys. I'm a little higher on Riley Ridley, but again, if you're going to consider yourself a playoff contender at this point, I think you need more at the receiver position, even if it's kind of throwing, you know, higher upside gambles, uh, like a second round pick, a speed guy, you know, at the, at the wall. It's tough because I mean, I love Trubisky coming out of the draft. I mean, clearly I was wrong, or at least it appears I was wrong. And, you know, and, and I think a lot of people sometimes, you know, it's they get they get emotional. Right. And, and the thing is, here's the thing. I I defended Trubisky tooth and nail. And but I always said, you know, especially going in that last year, it's like 
you know, going in the third year, seeing what seeing what Watson has done, seeing what Mahomes has done, because those are the comparisons, because those are the two guys that were taken in the first round that, you know, the other teams traded up for. And seeing what they've done and how they've progressed, and then you saw the the step back that Trubisky took last year. And I'm not saying it's all on him because I do think Matt Nagy's play calling was highly questionable at times, and obviously the offensive line play wasn't very good, and you know tight end was an issue as well. But either way, Trubisky still had to play better, and he didn't. And now you add a guy like Nick Foles, who was far from my number one choice in terms of veteran additions. It does make more sense, especially with all the COVID-19 stuff going on. The fact that the re- the reality is, is we're probably not going to get much of any offseason program. We may get a training camp. It could be a shortened training camp. Uh, and then obviously preseason. I mean, it's just going to be basically those two guys battling it out with limited snaps to figure out who's going to start. So my overall take on it is this. I think that Nick Foles played better at Jacksonville last year in the limited amount that he did play due to the injury and everything else that happened, then his numbers may show or that people may have said. I think the big thing with a guy like Nick Foles is that he is very, very good and comfortable within the scheme. I shouldn't say very, very good. I should say very, very comfortable and good enough in the scheme. That's that's a better way to put it. And I think that when you when you combine that with what the Bears are trying to do, I think one of the biggest keys, and I think one of the biggest reasons that we saw James Daniel move from center, like James Daniels move from center last year back to guard, was because Trubisky doesn't have a good enough understanding of a complex offense, and you cannot have a young center who is struggling to make calls and a young quarterback who is struggling to read defenses and make calls and, and, and have it go. And I think that at least at the very bare minimum, I think you have a guy in Nick Foles where you know what you're going to get out of him. You know that he's not great by any means, and he's probably below average. I think at times he could be average, but he at least plays big in, 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 in big situations and he understands the offense. And I think that's big. I mean, obviously the best thing that can happen for the bears right now would be that Trubisky comes out he, you know, grabs things by the horns. He wins the job. He turns into, you know, the quarterback that they're expecting him to be or something close to it. I mean, at this point, that would be great. I think they're going to, you know, they'll, they'll decline the fifth year option, but you can tag him for a year or two. I wouldn't be worried about getting a contract done with him if he somehow does figure it out. The reality is I don't think he's going to. I think personally, I think he cracked under the pressure last year of being that guy and having the expectation to take the next step. And I think that he failed miserably. And I think that he's going to fail miserably in this quarterback competition. And frankly, I think that going into it, I think Foles absolutely has the advantage because of the scheme uh, familiarity and the fact that he knows he knows his coaches. I mean, he just I think he has the advantage even coming into it because of the experience that he has in Andy Reid offenses as a whole. Um, I, I think he has the advantage. So again, I think that it, in every sense of the word, I think that Trubisky being the better guy absolutely benefits the bears. But I think it's kind of one of those, if you can get in the playoffs, especially there's going to be seven playoff teams. Now, if you can get into the playoffs and, or I guess five, five playoff teams, I th- yeah, five playoff teams. And now there's six, whatever. There's three different wild cards or whatever. I, I don't know what the hell I keep, I keep confusing baseball and football, but Either way, point being is there's an extra playoff team. I guess it would be seven. I was thinking three divisions there for a second. Whatever. Uh, so you got the extra playoff team. The Bears would have been right on the cusp last year. You know, even if they don't win a division, they could still get in the wild card. And the thing is, as we saw with Nick Foles, with the Eagles, obviously a little bit different of a team, especially with the offensive line. If you get in the playoffs, you have an experienced quarterback who has won a Super Bowl you got a chance. That's right. That's, that's the goal. I think ultimately, I think the bears are absolutely going to have to figure out something at quarterback um, sooner rather than later. I was really, really, really hoping that the Raiders would move in a different direction and they would end up getting a chance to get Derek Carr. I thought that was the best case scenario for them. Obviously it didn't happen, but I think a best case scenario going in the season would be Trubisky winning the job, but I think a more realistic approach and a best case scenario out of that realistic approach would be that Nick Foles comes out, wins the job, does enough to get him to you know, 10 and 6, 11 and 5 and take the chance in the playoffs. I mean, I'm not overly optimistic about the, the, the overall quarterback situation for the Bears. I mean, it feels like a broken record over and over and over of just not figuring out that quarterback. But I do think that they are in a better position than they are last year. And ultimately, like I said, even if Foles is the starter, and I think he will be, I think he definitely gives the Bears a better chance to win than they had last year at the quarterback position. All right. That is Aaron Lemming, Bear Report, and Windy City Gridiron. Aaron, thank you again for joining us. Now a recurring guest. We appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, man. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, take care. Bears Nation fans, go follow him at Aaron Lemming NFL. Aaron, we'll talk to you next time, man.
Absolutely. Thanks again for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. See you, brother. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Thank you to Aaron Lemming again for joining the program. We appreciate him taking the time. Obviously, that man is he dives in with his answers. He does not hold anything back. He gives he gives long answers. He gives you all the information you could possibly want. Um, He had limited time. So we are going to go more into guys that we, the Bears Nation podcast crew, specifically like. I think we all picked one guy or so that we uh, that we liked. Um, since I'm hosting this week, I figured I should probably start. But if anyone has any objections, speak now or forever. Hold your peace. All um, you, brother. <laughs> All, you. All right. Um, as the resident kind of or the senior Big Ten guy here, because Kevin's at uh, Ohio State, but as the senior member of Big Ten Bears Nation representative, whatever. I don't know. I'm making it up as I go. <laughs> um, but as someone who's watched Big Ten football the most in this group, um, somebody who I really like, and I think the bears do get him on day two, Antoine Winfield jr. The safety from Minnesota. He's awesome. I mean, I watched him play this year. I saw him not up close and personal cause the game was at Minnesota, but I watched what he did, uh, Illinois and granted this was before Illinois was a competent offense in the second half of the season, but he's good, man. He's got the instincts. He's got the toughness. He plays up in Minnesota and that those horrific conditions, um, you know, I, I think I think he's really talented. He already had a pre-draft meeting with the Bears and we know they need a safety to pair with Eddie Jackson. Kind of the same thing as tight end and offensive line. You need someone cheap and young that you can plug in there. Um, I really like him. I don't know how much. I mean, Chris, I know you're the resident draft guy, but I mean, I, I like Winfield Jr., Oh, I I love Antoine Winfield Jr. I think if the Bears were able to get him, I think that solves any safety problem we could have, you know, imagined. I I think he's that good. Um, I think he's ready to play plug and play starter, undoubtedly. Um, And he just does it all. Uh, Like you said, he's he's dominant and, you know, he makes his presence felt. And I think that's that's something the Bears are lacking for sure. I like the idea of safety. I really do. And and I'm more on board on safety, cornerback, and offensive guard than I am on wide receiver or tight end. I mean, like I said, you know, no matter what angle you take on the wide receiver room, let's just go back to the basics here and evaluate each position group. We have bigger needs than the wide receiver group. And the points that Aaron made were great. You know, what if Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller goes down? Then he might be in some trouble. But looking at it right now, the guys who are eligible to play, the guys who are active, the active roster right now, I mean, I see holes at cornerback bigger than wide receiver. I see holes at offensive guard or tackle bigger than wide receiver. And I see holes at safety bigger than wide receiver. So that's, you know, I love Winfield Jr. I also, I love Grant Del Pitt. I would be shocked if he fell. I mean, this is a very talented player, but he is, his, his draft stock has been falling. It really has. And, you know, DK Metcalf went 65th overall last year. I mean, guys fall. We know this happens every year and he's a name to watch out for if you're looking at safety conversation. But, you know, just looking at it, I'm I'm if I were at 43 and let's say you got Hamler or Rieger and let's say you got Winfield Jr. I'm going Winfield Jr. every single day of the week. I mean, that is just, you know, the bigger hole, in my opinion. And he's a plug and play uh, player. And to me, a little bit less of a project than the other two guys, a little bit less of an experiment. And we talked about finding starting players. He's that guy. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. And obviously you heard Aaron talk about the need for wide receiver. Um, he kind of slammed your guy there a little bit, Chris. He said he doesn't really believe in your man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, the thing is I kind of wanted to talk about that. Cause I think, um, I think what he said was valid. Um, you know, I know he didn't go too in, in, in depth with Javon Wims, but, um, I mean, I, I definitely think we saw a little bit more from Javon Wims, uh, and that's what we asked for. And, you know, I, Look, I don't want to put too much stock into it because we know how bad the offense was. But, um, you know, he wasn't he didn't do things as as great as we would have liked him to. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I think, 
what Kevin always says, I mean, the jury's still out on him. Jury's still out on Riley Ridley, and we're just going to have to go from there. I, but bottom line is, I think both guys have a ton of potential. It's just, you know, when there's just potential and not, you know, immediate impact, it's always it's always kind of worrisome, you know? Yeah, and the thing with Javon Wims, too, is that, that injury didn't help either. Yeah, and he, not, he showed no. some promise, and then he had that unfortunate injury that kind of set him back. So... Uh, that's unfortunate. I, I do think, uh, like you said, Aaron's concerns are valid there. You don't have that proven guy. Anthony Miller is a question mark. The, obviously, Ridley and Wims are question marks. You would love Aaron, uh, Aaron, Allen Robinson to be health, healthy, but uh, like he said, outside of last year, that hasn't been the case with him really. So I think it's valid, but I don't think addressing that in in the draft is the right way because that's adding another question mark in my eyes. But just saying, exactly. Malik Turner. Illinois alum is out there. Just saying. Wide receiver? Yeah. Okay. He's with the Seahawks. Got got that connection with Russell Wilson. I'm just saying. Just saying. If the okay, Bears want to okay. go with a guy with NFL experience. But, um, no, I, I think the Bears do have some work to do with wide receiver. Um, offensive line. I mean, he mentioned Jackson from USC. I love him, too. I think if he falls, that'd be great. Um, and I think you're getting a real value pick if you can get him in the second round, too. But um, I, what about you guys? Who do you guys love? Who, who are we? And obviously, we'll do more in-depth prospects uh, before the draft next week. But I think we're going to do some mocks. But today, we're just talking about guys who we really, really like and who we think the Bears could get. Yeah, so um, I'll actually take this one. Okay, so I haven't talked too much about him because I know people would just call me biased here because – He's a guy from Arizona State, and I go to Arizona State, so people think I'm just, you know. A lot of bias biased. in the show today. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bias, yeah. But, uh, no, in all seriousness, um, Brandon Ayuk, okay, wide receiver out of Arizona State. Um, watched him play <laughs> in every game this year. Um, he is one of those guys that can take the top off of any defense, and I think that is absolutely um, to the T what Aaron was explaining. And like literally when he was explaining the type of receiver he wanted, Brandon Ayuk's name just kept popping up in my head. And um, I think he's just one of those receivers where he can take the top off of a defense. And, you know, I think he also has that that ability where if you put the ball in his hands, he can make things happen. I mean, he's a, he's a yak god, you know, as they call him. Uh, you know, just get the ball in his hands. Good things will happen. And, and you know, he... He look. I forgot what he ran at the combine, but it wasn't very good. Um, but then he ran it again at his pro day and was looking a lot more like Brandon Ayuk. So um, I think that's a that's a guy that'll that'll be there at 43, maybe even 50. Um, and I, I think I think he'd be perfect. Yeah, I don't know about these pro day times. I mean, Jay, what was it? Jalen Rieger put uh, put uh, gained an extra like 0.2 seconds on his time. Yeah. And, everyone's, and everyone's like, all of a sudden he ran like a 4.27. And everyone's like, whoa, like, where did this come from? And everyone's like, I don't really know how legit that is. Um, the guy that I like, you know, I'm 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 going to go with this whole bias theme, right? And talk about guys we like from our schools. And <laughs> I'm going to go with Damon Arnett. I mean, I think this is a guy you could probably get at 50, but – not a guy who's, you know, superbly talented, but he's really good in run support. He's great in press coverage. And I just think he, you don't have to, you know, get up to get him at 43. I think you can almost, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears trade that 43rd pick down to like a 48 or maybe even past 50 and say, you know what, let's get our fourth rounder back that we traded for Nick Foles and something and knowing that they can still get a, uh, a potential starting player at either 48, 49 or 50, a little bit past 50. Um, but Damon Arnett, I think is a guy, I mean, you know, I'm going to dive more into those cornerback prospects because I do think that is an area that the bears are going to attack rather early, whether it's that 43 or 50, I think cornerback, we can all agree is one of the bigger holes on the roster. Um, well, maybe not Chris, cause he, he likes Kevin Tolliver, but I would not be surprised. I mean, I like Kevin Tolliver too. Don't get me wrong. I love him, but I would not be surprised if they say, you know, let's add a younger guy, let's add a little bit of depth and go after a guy like Damon Arnett. So um, we'll see. But it's just, you know, it, we've, we've mentioned wide receiver more than anybody in this episode, haven't we? And it's yeah. really quite funny because a month ago, I didn't really see a single mock draft or a single peep about anybody 
saying the Bears are going to take a wide receiver. And all of a sudden, here it is. Every single mock draft you see has the Bears taking either K.J. Hamler, Jalen Rieger, Brandon Ayuk, any one of those guys. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's partially based off of what they did in free agency after getting Jimmy Graham. But it's just funny to me, man, how, how these things change. And all of a sudden, that is a very legit possibility. But, you know, we're not 100% in on it yet. Yeah, I just want to say something about Damon Arnett. Um, I, I the last cornerback I watched tape on was Damon Arnett, and I'm and I think I'm gonna leave it that way. I feel like I've watched enough, and <laughs> he is honestly like I I don't think I can't remember a player the last player that um, was was like fifty fifty about entering the draft decided to go back to school and then had such a positive like like reaction to that like Damon Arnett literally like this move paid paid off so well for him in my opinion I think he came back and played really well um one thing about him I feel like he he has he's susceptible to getting burned a little bit uh because of his size um but but he plays the cornerback position so well he he reminds me so much I tweeted this last week he reminds me so much of Kyle Fuller in a way like he has his mechanics now he's very smooth but the thing is, he's susceptible to getting burned here and there. Uh, he falls for dub- double moves and stuff like that. But in terms of like actually playing the cornerback position, I I think he's actually underrated in this draft. And you know, if, if we were, yeah, and if we were able to to move back and and still grab a guy like Damon Arnett, I think that'd be that'd be awesome. I'd be cool with that. You guys know oh, Oliver's my guy, but yeah, I'd yeah. be cool with that. Oh, Jeff Okuda was on ESPN today, and he was talking to Mel Kiper. They're doing like a Zoom chat. And he's like, "Man, why are not enough people talking about Damon Arnett?" And I'm like, D- "You know, I as you know, I go to Ohio State. I watch these guys in person. You know, eight nine or eight times a year, whatever. How many times they played at home? I mean, I thought this guy was gonna be a first round pick every time I watched him. I really did. I mean, yeah. he would make plays when I'm like, "Dang, like, there's no way this guy falls out of the first round." And then, you know, he didn't have the most impressive combine. Ran a four five six forty, um, which is it's fast, but not blazing. So, I mean, I just, I really am starting to fall in love with the idea. And Jake, I want to know what you think about this. And we've mentioned it a few times of them trading down. And, you know, I think it's huge because if you get that fourth rounder back, I mean, everyone criticized the Nick Foles trade because you gave up that fourth, you know, round compensatory pick or whatever. If you get that back, you know, people are starting to feel okay about not just what happened uh, in free agency, but now that you have an opportunity to grab another possible starting player uh, at the fourth round. Yeah, I think if there, if there isn't someone you love at 43, right. like Winfield or Jackson or whoever, if someone does fall, um, I think you definitely should toy with the idea of uh, dropping back, picking up that four, fourth rounder, maybe an extra third rounder. I don't know. But there's a lot of different scenarios, and that's the thing. Aaron mentioned it. Pace keep he pace says a lot of nothing and plays what he's actually doing close to the chest. And I think that's more than ever now because everything is going to be virtual and you know that there's going to be hackers or whatever, like whether they work <laughs> for teams or not, things are going to get out and sooner rather than later. And you're going to see, I mean, God knows the jets password is probably one, two, three, four. So like, <laughs> you know, there's things that are going to come out. It's inevitable, but uh, it's, it's a weird thing, but I think, I think keeping those two second round picks, if there are guys you like, you have to keep those because you do have holes that need to be addressed now. You can't afford to wait a year, two years for late round guys to develop. And yeah, Ryan Pace has hit recently on guys like Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen and Anthony Miller, who you've been able to plug in right away, but that's not always the case. And second round guys are where you're most likely to find starting caliber guys that you, I mean, look at Cody White here, James Daniels, right? We're not going to talk about Adam Shaheen, but like more often than not, you can find these starting caliber players if you look in the right places and you're not reaching for Division two schools. So I think that if there are guys there that you can use, you keep those two picks. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think you drop out of the second round. I'm, I think you drop within the second round. If they do it, I would be very far against dropping out of the second round. Oh, my God, I'd be livid. So I, I don't think that happens. But I think, you know, some wiggle room between 40 and 55 or 43 and 55 is cool. But I, I want to mention two more things, um, you know, before we end this episode. There, there's two prospects that are flowing in my mind that haven't been talked about. Number one is the prospect of drafting a running back. And, you know, the crazy as it seems, there are people who are saying J.K. Dobbins or even Jonathan Taylor could be available at 43, which is crazy. But I'm going to say it again. Guys fall. It happens. Happens every year. 
Um, and this is, you know, a league where I know Christian McCaffrey just got $64 million, but running backs don't last that long. The longevity isn't great. And, you know, that's a well-known thing in the NFL. So let me throw that out there. Ideas of drafting a running back, maybe not necessarily at 43 and 50, but somewhere in, you know, those fifth round picks, maybe. What are we thinking about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be look, I think at that point, fifth round or whatever, you're just going best player available. So it's right. like at that point, I mean, if, if that's the best player available, hell yeah, I take him. Why not? I mean, just I because I do feel like we could do with another, you know, an, another depth running back. I, I don't think would hurt. Um, so I'd be, I'd be cool with getting younger, you know, at that position, not like we're old there, but you guys get the gist. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're, once you're getting to that fifth round, sixth round, I don't think you're using your more valuable picks on running back. You believe in David Montgomery. You believe that the offensive line will be better this year. So I, I don't think you're taking anyone at running back outside of like a pure burner, like Kenneth white, like you did a couple of years ago, sure, yeah. someone with just pure speed in the seventh round or something or somebody who is maybe a gadget player, but you already have Tariq Cohen. So, um, yeah, I don't see running back being addressed maybe by, if it's an undrafted free agent, something like that. Um, but I, I don't see using a draft pick. Reggie Corbin, back. baby. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Corbin. <laughs> hey, Reggie's a nice guy. I don't appreciate yeah. your tone. Ultimately, it comes down to this, and this is the everlasting question for the Bears in 2020, and that is, you know, how is this offense going to be run? Is Matt Nagy finally going to say, look, let's dominate the run, or let's try to experiment again and continue to run this air raid offense that has not worked? Uh, well, at least didn't work last year, I'll say. You know, and and if I mean, we don't know, right? We we don't know that information, but I think if they take a running back relatively early, you can maybe start to believe that Matt Nagy's turning around and saying, you know what, looking what at what we have at quarterback, whether it's Mitch Bisky or Nick Foles, not a very high ceiling for either of those guys at the moment. You know, maybe he's going to start turning the corner and think, you know, we should be running by committee a little bit more. They tried to brand that last season with the whole run DMC thing. That didn't work out. Um, but maybe they say, you know, let's give another go at it. Let's give Cordero Patterson some reps out of the backfield. Let's give Tariq Cohen more reps and let's get another guy and really run by committee because we know that it's just not possible for us at the moment to have the air raid offense that Matt Nagy wants. So, Ryan you know, Null. Roar, yeah, roar, Ryan. No, are you actually serious? I mean, are, are you actually serious? Though? Okay, good. Okay, you know, look, no, there are people who are high in Ryan Nall, Jake. You know, there's those. No, those I, pe- I, I think Ryan Nall is a talented guy, but I don't. Let's not get cute here. Let's get let's tear it down to the studs and let's get David Montgomery going first. Right. <laughs> yep. Bottom line. And all right, final final point I want to ask you guys about. I saw this on NBC Sports Chicago. Um, you know, also the top the topic of the Bears drafting a quarterback has windled whittled away as well, hasn't it? Um, so I don't I, think it has. You really? I don't I think it has. Talking about a Jalen Hurts, I I I mean, I don't know. I think with when you, I don't know, I don't know. I think people, I think people think that, but. Again, this is Ryan Pace we're talking about. If somebody like Love, I think if Love falls to the second round, game over. I think if Hurts falls to the third or fourth, game over. I, I think that I think Pace has his eye on that very closely. If somebody falls who he likes, he's gonna do it. Man, I I just I really think that'd be such a big mistake, man. I I really just like taking a quarterback before round like five or six to me. Would oh, I don't be- agree with it. You, you wouldn't agree with, with what? I don't agree with taking a quarterback. I'm just – I don't think it's – I wouldn't rule out – Kevin said it's whittled away. I don't – I think it's a very real possibility. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, just, I'm not advocating was, for it. Yeah, I was kind of more responding to it. Like I just don't understand – like I tried to think of every avenue that this would make sense, and it just doesn't. Like I, I just – I mean you have two guys that are that are competing for, for the job. I mean you add another quarterback – in round two, let's say, like, I don't know, let's just say Jake Fromm. Like, is Jake Fromm really winning that, that QB competition? Ugh. And if and if he does, like, what the hell do you do with Foles and Mitch now? Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I just, I really think this is, this is everything summed up into one sentence, or, like, a couple remarks. Four <laughs> points. I, I, I think, um, uh, damn, you just made me lose my train of thought. Oh. Um... 
Okay, yeah. So I think that grabbing a QB right now is dumb for one reason. Yeah, I know people are saying we got to look long-term, but my thing is this. If the Bears don't do anything this year, if they suck, pace is gone, and you're starting a rebuild anyway. So you might as well just try to get the best possible players at the positions you need them at. Try to win because, I mean, let's be real, that's the window we're in right now. And if that doesn't work out, then then you have to rebuild anyways. It's going to have to happen. So it, you're going to suck regardless. It, it doesn't really matter. And that's my point. That's why I think, you know, a guy who wouldn't play – if you draft Jalen Hurts in the second round, he is not seeing the field this year. And I think we <laughs> all know that. So it's just we need immediate impact players. I think that's that's really the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. I 100 one million percent agree. And I, I would more if, – if they were to take a quarterback – I would say go for Cole McDonald in the fifth round and say, yeah, you know, give him a fine. shot. You know, that's fine. Yeah, that's him, all I'm him. in for. Anthony Gordon, I'd be OK with sure. late. Yeah, like I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Absolutely. But it's more like people to, like I saw one guy's tweet today um, and no shade. Like I'm not putting any names out there. I don't even remember who it was. I just remember seeing it. Um, but he, he he said if Jalen Hurts is there in the second, you have to take him. Right. Like almost like mm-hmm. it was like. A for sure thing and i'm just thinking here like dude like what are we talking about here like no it's not like a even if you think they should do that i mean it's not like a for sure thing that's definitely not something that i'd be like 100 confident like let's do it man i don't know i i no. just i just don't agree with the whole taking qb early thing right i, ju- I just don't think it's a out of the question because this is oh, yeah. i think i think pace is Fair feeling enough. the heat I think yeah. he's feeling the heat, so I, I put it at a, just a non-zero chance is the thing. But yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. This is weird. The draft, the Bears are in a very precarious situation because of those limited draft picks. So I mean, they're going to address positions of need. I think Pace isn't yeah. going to try and overthink it. I think he's going to go, okay, he, Winfield's here, take him. Okay, here's offensive linemen's here. All right, let's do it. I, I think it's going to be very basic train of thought. Like, all right, who can we plug and play? Yeah. Yes, this is the 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 theme for this draft is going to be build for the now, not build for the future. Obviously, you know, the keystone of every draft for every team is let's build for the future. And let's, you know, this is a build. I mean, Ryan Pace knows everyone knows that he's on the. I mean, I don't know if he's on the hot seat, but he knows that he has to win now. And this team it's is warm. capable of winning now. Yeah, it's warm. It's getting warmer. The, the flames are rising. And I think he I think he understands that. Obviously, everybody understands that the Bears window is now. I and mean, when we say that every episode and i think they're really going to attack their need positions versus a guy that may work in the long run and that's why i think tight end falls under that category too because you know i think you know you mentioned jake a guy for the future right it's a guy for the future not a guy for the now so i think we're going build for now uh all day in 2020 draft yep 100 percent all right that does it for this episode. This was a mini draft episode. Uh, hopefully we'll have Josh back next week and we can go deeper into some guys we like. Maybe we'll do some mocks. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. Thank you again to Aaron Lemming for stopping by. Appreciate him giving his insight, giving some info. Really, really deep answer on the quarterback situation there at the end, too. So appreciate Aaron. Appreciate all his time that he gives us. And we appreciate you, the listeners. And we appreciate you guys taking the time. We are going to be back next week with a draft episode, hopefully all four of us. But for myself, Jake Hassan, for Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week and bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Chicago. Chicago.